I'm Warren Berkeley with the Laurel Heights Church of Christ in McAllen, Texas. We welcome you back to our website to listen to another recorded sermon. I'm beginning today with this statement from Psalms found in chapter 127, verse 1. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. I want to talk to you from Scripture about faith and family. This is part of a series of sermons I'm delivering this year. The theme is faith according to the Scripture. Faith is a term and concept often used in our society and in religious conversation, but we want to know what does Scripture reveal about faith. So once a month, I bring this up, and we cover another part of this larger theme, faith and family. Now, that passage I read, let's go back there to start. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. My assumption about this audience is you want the Lord in your family, building your home life, pleased with those relationships. You want there to be faith in your family, not a faith that is forced or imposed, not a faith that becomes only a family tradition. You want genuine faith in your marriage, genuine faith in your work as parents, genuine faith that is objectively and properly adopted by your children and kept in their adult lives and passed on to your grandchildren. My assumption is you want all of that because you know that unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Now, when you open up the Bible to see what is revealed about marriage and family, we all know there are specific passages that inform our faith and motivate our actions. I'll cover those. Then I want to point out, as faith operates in the family, there are passages in the Bible not specifically on this topic, yet they address attitudes and actions that should be present in the home. Let me say that again. We all know there are specific passages that inform our faith and motivate our actions about marriage, parenting, and family, but let us not be limited to those. There are passages throughout the Bible useful for our faith and practice in the home, where the words family, marriage, or parents are not present. I'll get to those, but let's start by laying the foundation. As written in Psalms 127, I started with, the Lord needs to be the builder in the home. Why? Because the marriage and family relationship belongs to him. God set up the home. Genesis 2.24, Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. If your marriage promises were made in front of a preacher and Christian witnesses, it is likely this passage was read. It establishes the foundational truth that God instituted marriage. Therefore, he has the right to declare what marriage is, how that bond is to be kept, 
and how families ought to live with one another so that the building is not in vain. So we go into the subject of faith and family taking with us this Genesis truth. The Lord should be the builder because in terms of origin, He is the builder and maker of this relationship we call family. Faith in Him that is active in obedience to His will, that's foundational. It is truth you start with. In Matthew 19, when Jesus was questioned about marriage and divorce, guess what He said? What was his response? Where did Jesus take this interview? Listen to what he said. Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? I'm going to read from Matthew 19, verses 5 through 9. Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. That's foundational truth. That should guide young people in the choice of marriage, and that should be the conviction of husbands and wives. And children need to see that their parents are loyal to this teaching, and that they have faith in God and in His plan as they govern the family. That which God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. Children need to know that and see that permanence in their family. As to parenting, I want you to listen to Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. Children, Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Children, children who are listening to this audio recording, I want you to imagine you have a conversation with the Apostle Paul, and you explain to them how your parents are just not with it. They don't see your perspective. They have all these boundaries you think are unreasonable. They don't allow you to do certain things you believe you should be permitted to do, and so you unload all of this on the Apostle Paul. And you say, Paul, what do you think? Paul listens to you, and then he responds. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And then Paul turns his attention to parents. Parents are next. And they explain to the apostle that this parenting business, well, it just takes so much time. These children just don't behave. There are other things we'd like to do. Can we get a break? We don't know how to do this, and we are not sure we want to do this. Paul listens to all that, and then Paul responds to the parents. Bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord, and fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. 
If you want faith in your family, these are the challenges the apostle puts before you. These are instructions from God through the apostle Paul that you need to follow. They come with great promise that it may go well with you. Parents, you don't want to get out into your latter years and look back with regret even those past sins that can be forgiven, the ideal is get it right from the beginning so that there will not be those regrets in your latter years that you didn't do it well. Enter your marriage into, uh, uh, enter into marriage according to God's instructions and keep those instructions all the days of your life. Raise up another generation committed to the values of faith in Christ. So what have we done here? We started with Genesis, the Creator's perfect design for the home. We listened to Jesus, who went back to Genesis, went back to the foundational truths. We read what Paul said to parents and to children, and we could end right here. But don't turn the recording off. Stay with me and remember what I said earlier. There are passages in the Bible that directly mention marriage parenting, and the home as God would have it. We have reviewed some of those, but there's more. After Genesis and before Matthew, after Matthew and before Ephesians, and all in between, passages where family life isn't specified, but what is taught needs to be practiced in the home. May I express it like this? Every principle of righteousness Every prohibition, every good work, every commended attitude, everything Scripture says about what is right, godly, and holy needs to be taught and practiced in the home. Let me go at this another way. Let's say you read Ephesians chapter 6, fathers, and it says, Do not provoke your children to anger. And you read that and you understand it, but you ask yourself, how do I do this? How do I develop this kind of temperament? These children can be very difficult. They can arouse in me irritation that is accompanied by some impulse. I read here, the Bible says, do not provoke your children to wrath. But how do I comply with this? That's where the rest of the Bible comes in. Passages that may not specifically mention parenting or fathers but passages that give good instruction about self-discipline, unselfish humility, control of your tongue, passages against violence, passages about loving God and how that love is exhibited. All these passages are given from God through the writers to you to form inside you good temperament and discipline. You see what I mean? Not only do we have passages where family matters are brought up in specific terms, we have everything else in God's Word that is able to train us and discipline us and correct us and form good responses. I'm going to give you two examples. Passages where marriage and family, parenting, not mention, but what the passage says can be of great value in families. 1 Peter 2, 1 and 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. 
So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Now, you notice right away there isn't anything specifically in this passage about marriage, family, or parenting. Yet, there can be no doubt if mom and dad believe what this says and they apply it consistently, that is faith being transmitted and exercised in the family. Consider if this is not the case, if husband and wife have not put away all malice and hypocrisy and envy. What a distasteful and unstable marriage. And then bring children into that environment and the outcome is dark. So here's a passage teaching from God who instituted the family. And we know if mom and dad, if husband and wife believe this in 1 Peter 2, believe this and act on it, that's faith operating in the home and likely will be transmitted to future generations. You see what we're doing? We are not limited to those passages that use domestic terms or that specifically address the members of a family. Every passage that describes how Christians ought to think and live is a passage to guide and strengthen the home. Longing for the spiritual milk of the Word. Is that the case in your family? Faith in the family means every passage that describes righteousness, every good example of godly behavior, every statement about maturity and temperament and attitude ought to be acting on in the members in the home. Let's do that again. Colossians 3, 12 through 17. Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 17. Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Again, this is not something we would consider to be a marriage or family passage. But what ingredients are given here? Compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, being forgiving, love, the bond of perfection, gratitude, the word of Christ dwelling in you, and whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord. Isn't this the home environment we all want and that God desires? Think ahead. 
Young parents, young children, and adults, form that picture in your mind. Someone asked them, what did you see in your parents? What do you want their answers to be? Mom was glued to the TV. Dad was never there, always at the office or always on the phone. What if your children answered, here's what we saw in our parents, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. We learned what it means to forgive. There was love and gratitude. The word of Christ was in our home, guiding and comforting and leading us toward heaven. Colossians 3, 12 to 17 doesn't specifically address family members, but the instruction here is an essential part of faith active in the home. And what do you discover if you just keep reading? Colossians 3, 18 to 21. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. So what's the writer doing? He's taking what he said in verses 12 to 17, and he's making direct application in the home in verses 18 through 21. Unless the Lord build the house, they labor in vain who build it. That which God has joined together, let not man put asunder. Bring your children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Those passages can be the beginning of a journey where faith and family connect, but those are not the only passages. Take the whole counsel of God and put that in your home. Everything else and all the other places where attitude is instilled, where tongues are controlled, where eternal destiny is identified, we have not just those passages that specifically mention family, but everything else God has provided in His Word through His Son to guide us in all our relationships and to raise up another generation where faith is the priority, where God is glorified, and where eternal destiny is embraced. Thank you for listening.